so for example, if you've never struggled with weight before and you've, and you don't equate weight and food together, like most dieters do, um, the, the way that we process the food is totally different in the body so that you don't have the same stress levels as like, like you said, you see a commercial for food and it creates an experience. Like you, you joked around and said you gain weight just by seeing it. You're not totally wrong. Um, because the amount of stress that has happening in your relationship with food can literally be the cause of the fat storing. <laughs> and then you take someone who doesn't have any of that, who sees a plate of spaghetti and it means nothing to them, right? It's just a plate of spaghetti, no big deal. Um, and they don't have the same process in their body when they eat it as someone who's afraid to eat it because it's too many carbs or afraid to eat it because they don't want to gain weight or who's not allowed to eat it because of their diet, right? Does that make sense? How it's like the same food processed differently? Welcome, welcome to Binge On This, the podcast you can safely binge to lose weight. This is your host, Michelle Hasty Thompson, and I am so excited to have you here. So thank you so much for showing up and tuning in. This podcast is inspired by you, and there's nothing more important to me than you walking away with permission to be more of yourself, including having your ideal body. So for today's weight and food breakthrough session, you're going to meet Stacy. And Stacy is like a lot of other moms out there. Her children have grown and left the home and she's kind of left to figure out who the heck she is. She's found that she keeps putting on weight and she's not eating that much food. So she's really frustrated by the fact that why would she be gaining weight or why would she not be able to lose weight if she's not eating tons and tons of food. So we talked a lot about why that might be happening. We talked about some of the ways that she can put herself first and take care of herself, even though it's just her now, even though it's just time to take care of just her and her kids are all grown and they don't need her to be taking care of them anymore. And it's really about finding who she is in this new phase of her life, especially after grieving the loss of her parents and figuring out this new part of her life at the very ripe age of 47. So still really, really young. Um, so we talked a lot about the strategies on how we can do that. So you're going to meet Stacy, and she's going to tell us about how she isn't really eating that much food and doesn't really understand what the heck is going on. So what we're going to do is I have your information over here on my other monitor. Um, so I will just kind of dive into some of the stuff you wrote and you can ask whatever questions that you have. And the great thing is that, you know, whatever you're struggling with, you're not the only one. So a lot of people who are going to be on the other side of this are going to be able to learn from what you're asking and what you're experiencing and, and relate to what you're experiencing as well. That's the best part about doing this. So let's dive in if you'd like. Okay, cool. So one of the things you wrote here is that, and I hear this from a lot of people too, and it usually surprises people who've never struggled with weight, but um, you, you don't really eat all that much. That's not really, you don't feel like you're necessarily an overeater, but there's some emotional and stress eating. Uh, so why don't you talk to me a little bit about what's going on there and we'll start there. Um, no, actually, um, me and my doctor sat down and discussed this and he told me to, um, keep a journal. Yeah. He went, everything I eat, you know, ounce for ounce, good or bad, you know, Cheetos or apples, whatever it is. And I did. And he kind of looked at me and he goes, are we leaving some things off? And I said, no, um, I'm being hundred percent legit anonymous. I mean, I put the Cheetos on there, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, if I was going to yeah. lie. <laughs> so, 
and like even if you and I were to go out to eat, you would be like, oh my God, how are you fat and that's all you eat? I don't eat a lot. Um, if I can finish a whole cheeseburger and fries, like a normal portion size meal, um, I must be, that would, that would be a day that I'm really, really hungry. Because yeah. um, like I take my grandsons to, you know, if I take them to McDonald's, we all get Happy Meals. I don't even finish all that. I mean, I just, I don't get all that hungry. And that is the frustrating part. Um, I went on a, I don't know if you ever heard of Dr. Andrew Weil. Um, okay. the, the bald, the Santa looking guy. Yeah. I did his diet. Oh my gosh. Let's see, my son was born in 98. My daughter was born in 2000. So it's probably 2001, I think I did his diet. And I actually started turning orange. And my doctor was like, he thought I, you know, excuse me, like I was having problems with my liver, you know, something going down. And here on that diet, you have to eat copious amounts of vitamin. It's a, it's a vitamin C diet. Oh, okay. I was consuming so much vitamin C, it was literally coming out in my skin. Dang. So, yeah. So, I mean, I have been like a major yo-yo dieter um, and not really jumping on like the Jenny Craig train or anything like that. Um, but if there's like a holistic, natural approach, I've probably tried it. Um, my daughter recently, because um, she works at GNC, she's one of their managers. So, you know, health nut kind of thing runs in the family. Um, she tried to get me on the keto diet. I did the keto diet and I thought I was going to die. I got the keto flu yep. and I was like, this is it. You can have it. I want my <laughs> Cheetos back. At least my Cheetos didn't make me feel like I was dying. You know what I mean? Um, but in the same token, um, I am an emotional eater. Um, when I get stressed out, I will, I tend to grab like my Cheetos or I'm ashamed to say, <laughs> <laughs> I do have a little bit of a sweet tooth, but it's really weird. Um, because I used to really crave sweets, but now that I turned actually turned diabetic, I really don't have a sweet tooth. Like I will literally open a bag and maybe take a handful or, um, I keep chocolate in the freezer. So if I feel that urge, I just go and have like one or two Hershey kisses. And it's like, wow. You know, if I scroll back from 47 and I go back to when I was 17, I could polish off two Big Macs, two large fries, two milkshakes. I was an eating machine and I never gained a, a drop of weight. Yeah. Now I'm 47. I just look at these commercials and I gain five pounds. And I, and I have a really difficult time shedding the weight. Um, and I've had fiber. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia back in 2001 after my daughter was born. And here recently, it's took a real bad turn for the worse. So whereas I kind of managed to keep my weight from, you know, going up too far, um, I wasn't happy with it, but, you know, I kind of kept it, you know, a little more manageable. But now with my fibromyalgia, it hurts so bad that, you know, even doing yoga some days, you know, I get down on the floor, I, you know, I can't get back up. Yeah. You know, 
I look like an old lady. Um, and that's something that was, that was actually told to me when my doctor sent me over to physical therapy. Um, cause I got in a car accident. What was it? There'll be two years the day before Christmas Eve. And when I went to the physical therapist and I'm like, not only am I hurting from my fibromyalgia, but I'm hurting from this car accident. Yeah. And he's, you know, you need to lose some weight. You walk like you're, you know, you're 80 year old person. And I'm like, thank you, Captain Genius. I know I need to lose some weight yeah. and I'm, I'm in a great deal of pain. So I can't, you know, once upon a time I used to be able to do spin classes and aerobics and now I'm to the point where even, you know, getting down on the floor and just trying to stretch can be a chore sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, that's my biggest hurdle is I do eat healthy for the most part. I have dropped the Cheetos. You know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm very, very frustrated that not only have I not been able to lose weight, my weight has jumped up. Oh my gosh. I'm ashamed to say my weight has jumped up like 45 pounds. So, yeah, since that, since that car accident kind of put the brakes on stuff. So I'm even more conscientious about what I eat. You know, it's like my biggest go-to thing is I love homemade Hidden Valley Ranch dip with my veggies. <laughs> so, you know, I've even tried floor going, the, you know, the ranch. Okay, since you can't exercise today, Stacy, we can't have this, this, and this. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, just so you know, you're not the first person I've ever talked to that doesn't eat obscene amounts of food. I know that tends to be what people assume when someone's struggling with weight loss or is gaining weight. Everyone just says, well, you must be eating way too much food. That's kind of where the mind goes. But I work with tons of people who eat way less food than most people and still struggle. Um, so you're not the only one in that boat for sure. Um, and mostly what I see, uh, I, I, I'm going to say 100% of the time, what I see accompanying that is that the relationship with food is dysfunctional. So even though you're not eating a lot of food, um, if you take someone who eats way more than you, or you look at how you used to eat when you were 17 and could eat a ton of food and not gain weight, the relationship with food was totally different. Um, so for example, if you've never struggled with weight before and you've, and you don't equate weight and food together, like most dieters do, um, the, the way that we process the food is totally different in the body so that you don't have the same stress levels as like, like you said, you see a commercial for food and it creates an experience. Like you, you joked around and said you gain weight just by seeing it. You're not totally wrong. Um, because the amount of stress that has happening in your relationship with food can literally be the cause of the fat storing. <laughs> and then you take someone who doesn't have any of that, who sees a plate of spaghetti and it means nothing to them, right? It's just a plate of spaghetti, no big deal. Um, and they don't have the same process in their body when they eat it as someone who's afraid to eat it because it's too many carbs or afraid to eat it because they don't want to gain weight or who's not allowed to eat it because of their diet. Right. Does that make sense? How it's like the same food processed differently. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that that's the place we would need to start with you is uh, getting in a relationship with food where you, you experience food in a way where it's not tied to your weight. So food is food. It's this thing that you, you know, eat for pleasure, eat for sustenance, eat for whatever reason. 
and then that's over here and then your weight is this other thing over here and they're not connected or related which i know is a big huge step for most people who have been in the dieting world for any period of time so that's what we would want to do so for you to be able to get to a place where you don't equate weight and food i think the easiest thing is i think about back before like when you were like 17 what what was your relationship with food like back then I love food. <laughs> um, my dad, my dad was a chef, so you know, food create. You create this masterpiece. You put it on the table. The family gathers round. You talk. You enjoy. Um, I, I, I never, I never seen food as a weight problem. Um, like I said, never really had a problem with my weight until I had until I had my last daughter. It's like when I walked into the hospital, I walked out with the baby in the same amount of weight. You know what I mean? And it's like I sh and that was in 2000. So for the last 20 years is what I've been struggling with my weight. And I've had a I've had a few brief episodes um, where I've lost considerable amount of weight. Um, and then things always happen. Um, like this last time, um, like I said, I gained 45 pounds. I, um, at the time, let's see, I was about 30 pounds more. And I was doing my yoga. And I started doing a little bit of Pilates. And I was walking to at least two miles every day. And um, I was in this new relationship. So I was divorced and I was finally happy. So the weight actually started coming off. I was so proud of myself. I'd lost 30 pounds. I was teetering right on that threshold, you know, where we say just one more, get that to, to that point where it's just like one more pound and you're going to be super happy, but, but we still have more to go. Yeah. And I was just, I had a new job. I just, I had a whole new life. My kids had left home. So things were going real good. And then, um, I got in that car accident and on top of that, I got sick and I had bronchitis so bad and I was fighting and I was in the hospital. I was in the emergency room. They loaded me. They lo girl, they doped me up with so much steroids. I just, I looked like a giant walking balloon yeah. and I managed to, to shed, shed off, you know, 10, 15 pounds of that weight, you know, after after I got off the steroids and everything, but then now all of a sudden I'm right back up there and I'm like, I'm not exercising. Um, so I can't starve off them few extra pounds, but now I'm getting worried cause you know, I'm diabetic. I'm starting to have some health issues as a result of it. And it's like, wow, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm at my I wits end. I hear you. And here's the thing, like, it's super, super important that we do this in the right order. And I know that like the weight loss, like it's all consuming, right? I get it. I've been there. I remember when weight consumed my brain and there was nothing else I could think of. So I know this is kind of a stretch, but we like, we literally have to put the weight thing aside for a moment to fix the food thing, right? Like once we get your relationship with food where we need it to be, one of two things is going to happen either the weight's just going to come off as a result of the food stuff or 
we at least get you to a place where you, you, you are back to where you were before. Cause the way you explained your relationship with food was beautiful, right? Like it was just, I just enjoyed it. We sat down for family dinners. We enjoyed, we shared, we laughed. Like that is what needs to happen again. That's like step one. Like food has to just be enjoyable and stress-free and it has to be a positive experience with no negative correlations at all. And like, that's just like step one, right? Uh, and then once that food's there, then, like I said, then we look at what's going on with the weight, but it's like, we can't, we can't solve all problems at once. So we have to take the, the lowest hanging fruit, which is the movement and the, and the food. Like once we get those so that you feel really good about both of those, then it's like, okay, so was that it? The body's good now? Or is the body like, well, that wasn't all of it. And then we dive deeper into that rabbit hole. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to the food thing. So we, we, we know that your relationship with food before when you were younger was really healthy. You just, you didn't gain weight. You loved food. You enjoyed food. So what has kept you from eating that way now where it's just a positive experience? Um, I kind, I kind of do, um, because I love to cook. Um, the downside to that is uh, I'm, I'm cooking for one, but if you look in the pot, it looks like I'm cooking for four or five people still. (laughs) So, you know, um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's hard to feel that same amount of joy because I'm I'm alone now you know, it's just me. So then, you know, like when I get something to eat, it'll be like, well, you know, I don't feel like cooking. And since it's only me, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll just go in there and make a little salad, you know, so that's, um, that's it right there. Like what you just said is what like 99.9% of people I talk to say, like, for some reason, it's like, we don't feel like we're worth all that time and effort and energy of like the meal, the eating experience. But if you don't cultivate eating experiences, multiple eating experiences, like every single day, um, then you won't feel full and satisfied from the brain's perspective. Like you'll feel full physically because you put food in your body. It doesn't matter what it is, right? If you're just feeding the body, if all we ate for was physical hunger and no other reason, then you could just take a food pill that filled your belly and you could go on with your day and it'd be no problem. But the reason why we can't just take food pills is because the brain also has to have an eating experience. It has to actually be present and enjoy, and it needs more effort than just, yeah, I'm hungry. I got to put food in so I don't feel hungry. Like there actually has to be a conscious effort to create an eating experience. Now, not every single time because it's not realistic, but like, 80% of the time, you have to actually set the table, sit down, cook that food. If you have leftovers, you have leftovers, right? No big deal. But it's like, create, set the table, light a candle, play the music, like set the, why can't you have that experience by yourself? You have to eat, right? Why can't you enjoy it? Why can't you make it an enjoyable part of the day? That's true. That's true. It's, um, well, this year, I can say, I guess everybody can say this year has been really tough. Um, sure. I, I lost both of my parents. Um, so now I'm living in their house. So like I said, the whole thing, you know, with growing up, you know, with my dad and everything and the holidays, food is love. And um, 
it gets it gets real sad and lonely. Like I said, when I when I eat, I can't. I'm having a hard time experiencing that because you know I look around and I can accept. You know, my kids are all older. They've grown. You know, they've moved on. You know, it's kind of hard, but but yet you know, I can get them on Facetime. And you know, sometimes we do. You know, I'll sit down to eat, or they'll sit down to eat, and we Facetime each other. But um. It's really tough when that one person in the whole wide world that taught me food is love, he's not here no more. Absolutely. So, you know, but, but I don't, you could pay that homage to him, right? I mean, if, if, if he loved food, then wouldn't he love to be, and, and maybe you can feel his energy in the room when you're really creating this eating experience, even though he's not there physically, but like, I don't know if it were me and like food, I love food so much. And like, if I, if I were want I would want nothing more than my, my son to also have like, even if it was just him, like, it'd be so cool just to see him sitting, like putting all that time and energy into creating that kind of meal just for himself. And just to know how important that is that like, this is such a, a form of self care. Like food is this beautiful thing that yes, we need to survive, but it also creates all this pleasure and memories and, feelings and like that's all good that's all good it's not a bad thing at all but like just allow it to be this part of your day that you look forward to and the emotions are going to be there if you're sad feel sad but don't let that stop you from creating that experience as much as possible I think I think that's the biggest thing that stops me is it's kind of the fear of if I do, if I do do all that, if I do sit there and enjoy my meal and that somehow that I'm going to make that a memory and like, it's going to push the memory of my dad away. Does that make any sense? I, I totally get it. Logically. I think you'll be shocked that you'll actually feel closer. Like there are certain things that my grandma made um, and she's passed. And when I eat those things, it's like, she immediately comes in my mind and it, for me it connects me to her right like that's what my grandma used to make and now I'm making it like she passed that down to me how cool is that um and then of course like I didn't make it as good as her but you know it's just like this way for me to actually connect to her so I think that you can anticipate a lot of what will happen but until you actually do it um you don't really know and what do you have to lose but to to try and just see only good can come from taking really, really, really good care of yourself and, and preparing meals for yourself only is part of that self-care. You deserve that. Just like the person you were going to cook it for deserves that the person you love when you prepare food for your children, like you do that out of love and you, you deserve the same amount of love and care and attention. And that that's, that's a hard step for me too, because, you know, being a mom, especially when you got four kids I'm the last person I ever think about you know it's like I even find myself doing it you know I went to Ross's the other day and I'm like you know what I'm gonna buy a new dress I promised my girls I'm gonna buy a new dress buy a new pair of sandals and the whole time I'm shopping there oh this will look good on you and my grandson needs this my other grandson that. and it's like by the time I get over to the dress section, I can't even afford what I just put in the cart for my kids. So, what am I going to do for myself? You know? So, 
I have to, I'm seriously having to reevaluate my life all around because like literally I'm in the house, in my parents' house. They're not here no more. My kids are all gone. It's hard to really adjust to life when it's just, I mean, it's just me and my cat. And all he wants is ice water and gravy. So, you know, there's no fancy cooking for him. Even. Maintenance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, I know it can seem like that would be a really lonely place to be, or that would be like, a, a, you, you, some people might think it might be a sad place to be, but time with like time with yourself is, is incredible. Like when you really get to know yourself and you connect with yourself and you enjoy your own time, you're, you're going to love this opportunity you have. And I, and I definitely would make that home yours, right? Um, you know, pay homage to your parents, but turn it into something that feels like you so that it feels like your space, your special place that you're in. Um, and, and maybe start with the kitchen, right? Set the table a certain way with buy a new plate that you love, you know, whatever you need to do to, to spend that time with yourself. And then like, it's like the same way you would if you were meeting somebody new. Like you kind of like just try out conversations. You try out different hobbies. You just kind of, do you like this music? Do you like to do these kinds of things? Like you're kind of doing that with yourself because usually when, uh, for a lot of moms, they sort of lose themselves in the process of becoming a mom. And so it's kind of like you have to rediscover who the heck are you, right? Like the weight is such like a low um, priority to me with with all the other things that you have that you could be spending your time towards and most likely would release the weight anyway. But it's like becoming friends with yourself, loving yourself, enjoying meals by yourself, like, like loving being alone. Like these are all fantastic things that I think are like a hundred times more important than how many carbs you eat or um, you know, what your weight is even. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's been a, it's been a slow process. Um, my one daughter's kind of taken it hard. She's like, what are you doing to nanny and poppy's house? Why did you, um, cause like you said, I've done, I've done little things. Um, you know, like I've taken their, their things down off the wall. I've tilted the dining room table, they used to have it long ways. I've tilted it sideways. To me, it makes the room look bigger. But, yeah. um, you know, I, 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 I've been slowly phasing it out. Because um, like you said, I can't sit here and keep looking around and seeing my parents. Yeah. You know, I, I'm trying to, I am trying to make it my own home. So that's, that has been a process. Um but it's been very painful for my one daughter who was really super close with them, you know, and I was like, well, I says, you know, it's just, it's hard because it's really a dual edged sword because, you know, not only am I trying to rediscover who I am, I'm trying to put everything else in perspective around me. I'm trying to just to death of two people, Absolutely. you know, Plus keep my kids in balance with their feelings and their concerns. And um, like my one daughter, I was like, okay, we're going to have Thanksgiving dinner. And she's like, no, you can come over to my house. She won't, she won't even come over here. She said, because all the memories of bacon pies with Poppy and Poppy and you teaching me, 
you know, because we'd always gang up, you know, have the turkey and the ham, and we taught the kids how to make stuffing and gravy, and my daughter didn't even, doesn't even want to have pies this year. Right. I'll make the pies, and I'll bring them, and she's like, nope, this year, I've, I'm making raspberry cookies, and I'm making cheesecake. She said, I don't want pies no more, because Poppy, because Poppy's not here. My, you would have loved my dad. Everybody who ever met my dad has loved my dad, except for, I think, my grandmother, my mom's mom, but she didn't like anybody. But he, he was such a foodie, and he created, he didn't create dinner. He created so much love. Yeah. And it, it really has, because a lot of people who talk to him, you know, like one of his friends from the church says, he said, he'll, he swears he'll never eat a, another biscuit again. <laughs> he said, dad fight me over biscuits and coffee. And I mean, you, you know, when somebody's genuine and their love is, you know, just, so yeah, it, it's, it's, it's difficult. And I can kind of see the connection now. Cause I never really thought about it. Like you were saying before. I mean, I know the coordination, you know, food is love and, you know, last couple of years, I've just gotten to the point where I'm being, I'm alone. So I eat because I'm hungry. I eat because, you know, I have to eat something or, you know, like I'm chained to a desk at work all day. And, you know, if you're chained to a desk at work all day, you don't really, you don't really want to eat. Yeah. You like a, you're like a squirrel or a chipmunk or something. You just kind of, you know, a couple crackers here, you know, some granola here, you know, you know that kind of thing. So and now that I'm working at home, that's a dual-edged sword because either I either just snack all day and then I don't eat I don't eat a productive meal or I will go all day long without eating and then I, I you know I'll go and sit down at the table and and I will eat a big meal. Right, of course. Not huge like a lot of people think, but it but it is big for me. And then you kind of instantly regret it because like you haven't ate all day and then your belly's like, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? But, um, I mean that you, you nailed it, right? Like when you just graze all day like that, your brain is never processing that you ate, right? It's not getting what it needs. So when we eat, we have our vitamins that, you know, like vitamin C, whatever, all those vitamins, but that's like physically in our body. Right. But our brain needs vitamin P pleasure, vitamin N nourishment. Like these are not literal vitamins, but like we have to get those things from food too. And it's impossible to get those things if we don't actually have a meal, right? A, a formal meal of some sort, or if we eat meals with a lot of stress or anxiety or fear or negativity. So we, they just have to, like the first step is just like really creating these beautiful eating experiences. And at first, you know, you processing the, the grief and the sadness is not a bad thing. You know, maybe don't put food in your mouth at that exact moment. Let the emotion, like, take, put the fork down and just let the emotion come, right, and breathe. Um, but, like, that's going to be hopefully pretty, like, therapeutic for you to work through it that way because it needs to be worked through. We can't suppress it forever. Um, you're in the home, so it's going to be probably even stronger. Um, the presence, the energy is there of your parents. Um, but there's no reason to – they would never want you to take that away they wouldn't want to be responsible for taking away that meal time from you, from that enjoyable and loving experience of food. 
Um, I can't imagine any parent would want that for their child, right? So you, you deserve that and that's what, what anybody would want who loves you for you to have. And that's what everybody, I don't care what you weigh, should be having around food. There's no reason that you should not enjoy food just because you have excess weight. That is what a whole industry is trying to do. And it's not, not okay with me at least. Um, so we don't want that. So that's going to be your, your big work. And then the other part is going to be taking care of yourself. Like the beautiful thing about being a parent and a woman, a, a female is that our energy is really, really effective towards other people. Like any, any way that you change will affect your children, even without directly doing anything. So like you just taking better care of yourself creates a more positive experience for all of them without you having to go and actually do anything for them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So it's like you working on you actually helps everybody. So they always say happy wife, happy life. It's because like when, when the, the, the hub is like good, like happy, um, content and, and joyful and taking care of themselves and like present and connected, like everybody feels it around. Um, so you can affect everybody by taking care of yourself. Absolutely. And that's kind of it. Like, I feel like those are your two big pieces to focus on um, and not don't get caught up in what the scale says and don't get caught up in what you weigh and don't get caught up in, you know, any of that weight stuff. Because to me, it's just your body's way of communicating to you that it wants you to pay more attention to something. So if you just start paying more attention to yourself, I don't think you're going to have any issues with your weight from there. We'll have to see how good this works. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I, you know, what I, I mean, I can kind of see it because, you know, like I said, like after I got my divorce and just the pure freedom I felt, you know, being away from that toxic relationship and that toxic person. And yeah, I mean, I did, I was losing weight, I, you know, I lost that good bit of weight and it felt great. And then when I got slammed and I got the weight put back on and these last two years just been one trial after another. And it's like, I was literally sit, sitting up last night thinking about this. I mean, if this shit continues, <laughs> I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on that show, My Big Fat Life. What is it with the people that weigh like 600 pounds in size of the fed? That's going to be me one of these days. And they're going to be shocked to find that I have nothing but a box of nerds in the cupboard and salad in the refrigerator. <laughs> but yet, you know, I will be that medical anomaly. She gained 600 pounds eating nerds and you know, mixed baby greens. <laughs> it, it doesn't shock me at all, like, because I've been in this industry for 12 years, longer than that, but many, since 2006, I've been doing this and, and, and I've seen everything and I, I don't see any correlation between the weight and the food and the exercise. So to me, it's not shocking at all. Um, you know, if, if somebody came across me and it was, over 600 pounds and said, this is all I eat, that wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, because I know that the true causes of weight are not about how many calories we consume. Um, it's about stuff so much deeper than that. That so overeating 
binge eating is sometimes an expression of it, but it's not the problem. It's the response to all these other things, right? Your weight is the response to all these other things, right? The um, overeating or binge eating, if that's what someone's experiencing, is a response to all the other things. So I never spend much time looking at the actual weight and food. I'm looking at what, what preceded that, right? And that's what we work on. Um, and then that fixes the other stuff automatically. Um, and what I really hear from you is just very, very normal stuff I hear from most mothers, which is just not spending time on themselves, not prioritizing themselves, not really seeing a need to. Um, and then the only way they really spend time on themselves is through dieting, right? It's through like crazy meal prep or crazy exercise. And like, that's not what your body wants. It doesn't want extreme punishment. It doesn't want extreme control. It's like, so what happens is your body's screaming at you, right? Like, please pay attention to me. I need you. I need you. I need you to pay attention to what I need. And then we're like, here's a diet or here's spin class six days a week. And it's like, whoa, that is not what I asked for, right? I asked for more love. I asked for more nourishment. I asked for more pleasure. I asked for more presence. And you gave me more stuff to do, <laughs> like more, more stuff to process, right? It's not what it wants. It, it, would, it wants probably whatever you would naturally give your child who was reaching out for help, who was screaming for you. And, and like, if you think about the more weight you gain, the louder the scream from your body, right? So if your child is, I'm thinking of like a toddler who's having a big old tantrum, right? Like the, 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 the huge expression of, I need help. Whatever your natural way of responding to them would be is most likely the way that your body needs you to respond as well. We have that instinct. Yeah, that would make total sense. More love, more time, more space, more slowing down, more relaxation, more pleasure, more nourishment, more comfort, more listening, right? Yeah, because I take, um, I imagine you probably hear this all the time too, but I love going online. Like if you look at my Pinterest, you'll know, you'll know, you could figure out exactly who I am by just looking at my Pinterest and looking at all the food and all the love and all the, I mean, I have, I, my, my Pinterest boards are like in alphabetic order, you know, cookies, beverages, snacks, salads. I mean, I've got everything meticulous and you know, and that's where I send all my friends, like one of my friends the other night, it's like, it's that time of the year, um, they work civilian on a military base, and when we get home, we're going to be tired, and it's going to be dark, and I'm like, look, go to my Pinterest, look up all my I've got, and I've got quick and easy recipes, so, you know, like, if you have a meal prep day, like, I'm the total guru, I mean, it's like, I but, I'm still the lonely fat chick sitting over here that can't manage to help herself. So it's, 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 it's tough. It's cause I'm happy. I'm, I feel like I can only really be happy when I have somebody to be happy with. Does that make sense? It's totally, I have, yep. I'm, I'm stuck in that mom mode. I can't, it's once in a while I can kind of get it out of gear and you know, I'll go and, it's kind of hard because, like, um, I used to be a photographer. My ex-husband took all my photography equipment. 
So that, that was me. That's, that's the me part. I get out with my camera and I go and roam. Um, you have my email address, my Beaches Writer. Um, look up Beaches Writer, Google me. And you can see all my photography and everything. So you might not have that equipment, Stacy, but do you have a smartphone? Yeah, yeah. So get out there and take fun with a smartphone. Pretty damn good camera, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I know it's not probably what you had, but if your creative outlet is photography and all you have is a smartphone, make it work, girl. Like, you can still be creative with your smartphone. There's apps you can download to play with the the settings or whatever and you probably can even buy one that you would understand and I wouldn't and it might be five dollars right it might be ten dollars to get the more crazy apps or to get a lens for your smartphone it's probably I know they have them and they're probably not super expensive but like you know you don't want to live in in a world where yeah you might not have everything the way you want it but what can you do with what you have so that you don't live in a life where you're like not able to do things because of your environment, right? Like make it work. What do, yeah. what can you do? What do you have? Don't let anybody else stop you from living your life. Like, I don't care what gets thrown at you. If you're like, I know who I am. I love cooking. I love delicious food. I love photography, whatever. I love Cheetos and nerds, whatever it is. Like don't <laughs> let anybody or anything stop you from doing the things that you love. There's no reason not to find some way to make those things work in your life. And I don't mean it to sound like as if you're not, as if you're lazy or not resourceful. I, I don't think it's that at all. I think it's that it's just, it, when you've hit sort of all these walls, wall after wall after wall, you just start to like, feel like, God, what's the point, right? Like it's too many obstacles. I can't keep fighting. So do what's easy. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, I don't know. It's just not to be Debbie Downer or anything. It's just sometimes you just you look around and you're like, why bother? There's nobody here. A hundred percent. I totally get that. And that's when it's you have to remind yourself that you don't really ever have anybody, right? Like your children are not like they don't belong to you right like it's just you get this privilege to be in their presence and to be part of their lives and that same privilege is with yourself true very true yeah it's <laughs> like i said it's just it's it's hard i mean my daughter will my oldest daughter will be 26 in december 26 years so that's a really huge, it, it is, you know, sometimes when I think about, you know, when I was a teenager and stuff, you know, cause I had her right after I turned 21. And when I try to think of a time before then, it's surreal. It feels like it's a movie or something. It doesn't, it doesn't even feel like it was my life. Um, just like now that the kids are gone and I, you know, I have two grandsons, one's two, one's two and a half. And, um, I'm like, I literally felt this yesterday morning, um, cause my oldest daughter and my one grandson staying with me through Christmas right now. And he always wakes up and he gives me a big smile and he always comes running and pile driving on me. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
last night I went to sleep. I was a mother and like, I'm waking up this morning and grandmother is like, wait a minute, yeah. you know? And it's like, we're in, it, you don't, it's getting harder and harder to remember my kids as kids. It's starting to turn into like that movie scene. Like my life was when I was younger and I know that's the way it's supposed to go. You know, we're supposed to turn the chapters, you know, and, but it's hard. It's, it's, you know, you get up and, you know, some days I get up and I'm like, yep. Okay. Today's the day I'm going to do it. And then, you know, like you said, that wall gets thrown up for some reason, you know, um, like I was with my friend, for example, I was out eating lunch with one of my friends. Um, it's just all you can eat um hometown kind of buffet and i love it there because the food it makes it feel that much better that you, you feel the love in it because somebody's actually cooking something back there they're not reheating all this you know right. <laughs> and um that one song that one song that comes on the radio that reminds me of my dad and right there in the middle of my salad i'm crying and he's like, what are, you, what are you crying for? He was like, he didn't know what to say or do. And I'm like, like I just, you know, I need, I just need to go to the bathroom. I need a moment right now because when that song comes, I don't care who, who I'm with or where I'm at. If I hear that song, I'm going to bust out crying because that song is me and my dad over and over again, you know? And it's like, that was a beautiful, that was a beautiful day. You know, had a well-balanced meal. I actually ate a whole meal. We sat down and we had a beautiful time. And it's like, I miss that. It's so do you see that the fact that you got emotional as a, like a wall, like that was an, a negative or an obstacle? <laughs> I won't say that it's a wall, but it's, it's more like, I don't, I don't really see things as a wall in my life per se more. It's like, it's like when you come to that stoplight and you're sitting there and you're like, Oh crap. And you can't remember, is this a light that's like 10 seconds or is this the 10 minute stoplight? And that's what it's like at, at life for me. I know I'm going to go on, but I know at that moment I have to stop. There's, there's a reason why I'm stopping. Yeah. Um, so I don't really see it as a hurdle or a wall per se. Like some people might see it as that. Um, but that's the, that's the thing that gets me over that is um, my mom died from COVID. Um, but my dad passed away back in March. Um, he was just sick. You know, he had a bunch of stuff going on. And we had some heart-to-heart -heart conversations before um, he passed away and, um, I know he don't want me doing this. I know he don't want me feeling this way. And he was, he was never, he was always telling me to be mindful of my weight. And I'm like, I think the reason why I got, I got stuck at that weight, to be honest with you, was being in an abusive relationship. Sure. It was very abusive. So I didn't, I you know, he had the only vehicle. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. You know, I'm stuck in the house with the kids. The only thing that I had that was mine was eating. Yeah. If he wasn't home, I could jump into that ice cream. 
And it would be so satisfying. If I wanted to sit down and eat that whole half a gallon, I would because it would be like, you know what, M effort, you ain't here. I'm eating this, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, so yeah, people don't realize the depth and the emotion to to eating that is behind there because it's like you said, 99% of the time it ain't got nothing to do with food. Nope. Unless unless you're unless sometimes we, we have that moment when um like last night I made garlic mashed potatoes, gravy, and um, a pork loin for me and my daughter. Nice. You know, kept all the milk and the butter and all that stuff out. Everything was perfect. But there was that minute when I was, man, this is the best gravy I've made in so long. I just want to pour it in a cup and drink it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, it is. I even texted my friend and I was like, you know what? If you were here tonight eating my gravy, you would fall in love with me. It is. <laughs> and those are the moments that I live for because I could just picture my dad sitting down and eating that gravy and he just, he took so much delight. And he was a skinny guy. Man, he never gained weight. I don't, Ever. I'm not surprised. <laughs> People who really, really love food and don't see anything negative with it are often not struggling with weight. Now, that's a huge claim, but in general, that's what I've noticed. Yeah, I mean, my, my dad was a chef in the Navy, so he was always a military man through and through. And yeah, I mean, to him, like I said, food, uh, food was love. You cook it with, you cook it because you're cooking it for somebody. You're, you know, like you said, you're not cooking it just because you got to eat because you're hungry. Exactly. That's the difference. But you need to do that, but you need to do that for yourself, right? Because you are someone to love, right? So cooking with love for yourself is part of that too. You are the other person. You just have to be the person you're cooking for. But yes, it's the same exact process. And I think, you know, just to sort of summarize everything today and wrap it up, um, you know, it sounds like that. I mean, that's obviously the biggest thing is just being able to really connect back with food in the way that we know that anybody listening to this knows that you have, you know, it's there. You're just right there with it. Um, just to allow that to happen because it's right there on the edge. Um, and then really allowing yourself to grieve and to, to experience the, the real emotions about not just the loss of your parents, but everything that you've, you know, the abuse that we didn't even talk about, obviously, today. But, you know, all the things that you've had to experience in, in your 47 years here on the planet, all of, a lot of which sounds like weren't easy. Um, like giving space, like if you were not you, if, if you were someone else and they were telling you your stories, you, you'd probably be like, holy crap, like that's a lot for one person. Like that's a lot to deal with, right? And, and really allowing that other person to express it and to, and to heal from it. Um, and you need to give that to yourself. And, and if you want to find a therapist or someone to talk to, that's great too. Um, if you have a trusted friend, that's great too. But also just being able to be there with yourself through those, those times. But sounds like a lot of processing, a lot of releasing, right? Um, a lot of weight is, is suppressed stuff. 
suppressed emotions, things you've never said out loud, versions of yourself that aren't being expressed, like a lot of just holding in and not really becoming who we really are, like our most truest authentic self. It's all kind of just like suppressed and stuffed inside. Um, so it's like really just allowing space to become this most honest and true version of who you are. And we have to go through a lot of the emotions to get there a lot of times. So that's either something to do with a professional, with a friend, um, with a journal, <laughs> with meditation, you know, whatever you feel drawn to. Um, but yours sounds like a whole lot of lightening up of just a lot of stuff, a lot of lifting of old stuff. Um, We're on that layers, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And I think you're going to find you get pretty far with that alone. Um, and then sometimes people hit some additional stopping points with their weight. And that is when we have to dive a little bit deeper into some of the other reasons why the body could be holding on to weight. Um, and that's sort of like phase, you know, two, three, four, whatever down the line. But I always start with food, um, get that relationship back into a, a healthy place, then into movement. Movement could be stretching, doesn't be anything crazy. Your movement could be meditation at this point, since your body's hurting a lot. Um, but it's because it's about body connection. To me, movement's about connecting to your body, getting out of your head. So you can do that many different ways that aren't necessarily moving. <laughs> um, and then and then just going on that journey of, of with yourself and releasing all the parts that aren't you um, and then seeing where you get from there. Sounds like a plan. Awesome. Well, you're going to get um, a follow-up email just to check in and see how you're doing. So I'm sure everybody who's listening would love to hear how you're doing um and down the line um so please keep us posted um but i do wish you all the best and please go enjoy a delicious meal whenever your next meal is and think of your your family and your dad and, and all that love and let that sort of wash over you as you're enjoying your food Awesome. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's food and weight breakthrough session. Breakthrough sessions happen live on the Ohm Institute Facebook page every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you'd like to apply to have your weight and food breakthrough session, which is totally free, just head to theohminstitute.app slash podcast. That's theohminstitute.app forward slash podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. I'll see you next time.